I'm your inner dream monologue and you're fast asleep. So I'll be quick. Great job using the Colgate Optic White Overnight Teeth Whitening Pen before bed. When used as directed, it gives you a visibly whiter smile in just seven days. So while I fly and talk to animals, you're removing teeth stains with ease. Sweet dreams. And when you wake up, keep on living life to the brightest. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers. Welcome to Expounded Universe, Season 22, Episode 13. Feels just like I'm a walking on broken glass prowlers. The book Star Wars X-Wing Race Squadron uh, by Aaron Alston, the year 1998, with Jeff and John. Let's go! everybody, welcome back to Expounded Universe, the Star Wars novel discussion podcast where I am Jeff. Here and only here can I truly be Jeff. Yeah. Yeah. Your, your true self. Uh-huh. Realize I, and actualize. This is where I let my freak flag fl- fly, baby. I don't. My freak flag fly. I, I keep my freak flag rolled up and kept in a little tube. Oh, yeah. No, I usually keep mine folded into a neat triangle and framed above my bed because my dad died defending that freak flag <laughs> yeah. at, in Nam. <laughs> Watch those two soldiers come walking up the driveway with that freak flag in a little case, you know. These freaky colors Just, do not run. Yeah. That's, you know, you break down before they even knock on the door because you know something terrible is happening when you see that freak flag and they step out of the car. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Makes you think. <laughs> really makes you think. Truly powerful. <laughs> How you doing? I'm great. Uh-huh. 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 <laughs> uh, so, good. I'm glad to hear you're doing fine. This is uh, one of our last couple recordings before we take off for Wisconsin. Mm. We're going to be... I, no, we're not missing any episodes, I don't think. I think we're going to stay current to all the episodes. Maybe. Uh, well, yeah, we'll see. There's only one that it would step on, a uh, a movie mastery. Yeah. So, we'll, but we'll try and hit that one anyway, because it's more fun. Yeah. I we'll like, see. I like doing movie masteries. It's good. Yeah. It's a good time. Good time. I like hey. all these. Sh- I like making all these shows. If you're not, if you're not listening to movie mastery, go check it out. Yeah, go check it out. It's a good time for good people, <laughs> but only good people. I, I I know there are occasionally people who only listen to like one show or another, but I, it still doesn't make any sense to me because it feels like we just have a big old content pipe. Oh, and I mostly know. it's the same. It's just the thing we use as the springboard. <laughs> Look, we just. Open up the valve and the content hose goes a spraying. So far, I think we have yet to encounter anything that we could just choose to talk about that doesn't work. <laughs> I mean, maybe we should try that. We should just try every potential topic for shows until we finally find one we just can't do. Yeah, that sounds like a great idea. That's our new show. That's what our new show. Work? Huh? Yeah. Yeah, we're going to do, I don't know, the podcast minds. That sounds like a good show that we could steal. Yeah, or we could just do a review. That that remember that show Andy Daly starred. The whole gimmick was that he reviewed literally anything. Yeah, sure. Like he just reviewed random experiences or whatever. Uh huh. Yeah, so we could do that, but in podcast form. <laughs> it's and, back. Know, famously, Andy Daly is terrible at podcasts. Everyone knows it. Yeah, he's one of the worst, and no one's willing to say it. History's worst podcaster, Andy Daly. I'm willing to speak truth to power. <laughs> Wait, is Andy Daly very powerful? Uh, more powerful than I am. <laughs> That's probably true. Uh, so, uh, we'll see. Where did we leave off last week? So, when last we left our intrepid wraiths, mm. they had completed a heist of a 
you know, mostly annoying, but not murderous, uh, almost said drug. I don't know why I was thinking they were getting a drug. Disease. Yes. They so, were in hands of a terrible poop disease. Yep. They got a, a nasty sewer virus. Mm-hmm. And uh, they uploaded that into the intake valve of one of the shuttles for the Hawk Bat. Yep. They uploaded it. They had a, a baud rate and everything. It was <laughs> yep, great. That's yeah. right. Yeah. They were one of the seeders for the for the uh, the download torrent of, of this horrible poop disease. Man, it's been so long since I've used a fucking torrent. I know. <laughs> I'm an adult and I pay for things now. I know. I'm not a <laughs> shitty kid that's like, fuck it, I will never buy anything. Yeah. Yeah, I can just buy what I want. I mean, it's not perfect, and there are occasionally times where I'm forced to torrent something anyway because it's just completely unavailable in the U.S. Oh, yeah, for sure. But but beyond that, you're right. Otherwise, I just haven't bothered. Yeah. Hmm. So they got virus to the hawk bat. They <laughs> committed some light terrorism. It's still very funny to me that their whole goal here was like, look, we got to get the crew of the hawk bat off our tail. How do we do that? Let's infect him with a disease. But, you know, not a terrible disease. We don't want to kill anybody except for anyone that gets in our way. Oh, yeah. They were like, well, we got to be nice about it because if we just murder everyone on the hawk bat, that would be mean. Anyway, I'm going to shoot a father of one in the face mm-hmm. and watch his smoldering body and then tell his friend to go put the fire of his flaming head out. Yeah. But that's that's not mean or anything. We got to give some guys the poops. <laughs> it is great. The last last episode was a a lot of light terrorism, a morally challenging episode. But it's especially, you know, when you're like, oh, before when you're the scrappy freedom fighters fighting against an entrenched fascist government, you're like, yeah, man. Sometimes people who work for the fascist government, you're gonna need to take out. But that government doesn't really exist, and they're like, we went to a a tourist planet that, is that still, still pre- pays lip service to a previous empire, yeah, and then murdered indiscriminately. Yeah, just did horrible things. Great, very weird. Um, given how nice they keep trying to tell us these guys are, yeah, they're not. They're like, oh, look at these little chuckle fucks. They're having a good time. They're, they're, uh, he's so upset that he has to wear a fucking Hawaiian shirt and oh. Bermuda shorts. He's like straight up dressing down his his uh, pilot. That's Wedge, by the way. Dressing down his pilots and like threatening their careers if they make fun of his purple outfit. It's like, calm down, dude. You're in disguise. You didn't, everyone knows you didn't choose to wear the tourist outfit. Yeah. This is what do you, what do you think is gonna happen? So weird. Like. Ah, oh, we're gonna get, we're gonna get back to Coruscant, and someone's gonna say, "Hey, while we were undercover, Wedge wore a silly outfit," and everyone will go, "And <laughs> well, now I'll never promote him, or I think promote him, which everybody's trying or I to." I guess avoid. I have to promote him. Yeah, now. I have to promote him. Now he has to be General Wedge. Oh, <laughs> uh, you wore silly shorts. Now you're a general. <laughs> That's how it works. That's how Lando got the promotion. <laughs> yeah. So our heroes. <laughs> in air quotes uh gave a nasty virus to the hawkbat crew and stole two out of four tie fighters because they had to murder the other two mm-hmm. and some other people that guy but, in the gunner cl- in, in placement that was rough yeah just a guy who's like oh no someone is attacking my home i should try to stop them and now i've been sniped through the forehead yeah and then the second guy who also got killed. Who also it. didn't die. He just he fell off. Definitely died. A 15 meter fall. It ne- it does not say 15 meter fall. 
I'm looking it up. Here we go. Oh, oh here okay. it is. Oh, we, podcast on hold. <laughs> and we're back again. And it was 15 meters. It was 15 meters. He's but dead. It, it doesn't say he died. That's like 47 feet onto concrete. And people survive that all the time. Now, am I going to say he's fine? No, he's no. I'll tell you what. That's not his problem either because he died. <laughs> no, it is his problem because when he wakes up, he's going to be like, "I broke my legs." Yeah. It basically it says. It's this whole. I don't know why they decided to go first person for this guy. That's almost first person for this guy. Yeah, we for get like period. two Over paragraphs shoulder, of this guy. This guy, where he's like, "Oh, I'm trying to track them. Oh, I, I stopped because someone called me on the radio. Oh no, here I'm getting shot at again. Ah, I, I'm going to jump to get away from the lasers. I'm falling. Oh, I just looked down. I realized this is a 15 meter fall. And as I realized that, the X-wing and the bomb, the gun emplacement, and everything else became no longer my problem. And I'm like, obviously, that I, is poetic shorthand. And I'm allowed to tell you this dead. because I'm still alive and telling you this story. <laughs> That's his force ghost. Yeah. This guy was mildly no. sensitive. <laughs> I'm mildly sensitive. <laughs> I don't know why you can't accept that that dude is just obviously dead. No, that di- anyway, that in the fine. previous episode, this guy obviously died. <laughs> Also, Grinder stole a bug, and that's probably kind of the more important thing because the whole fucking chapter is going to be about that. Jesus Christ. Yeah, he stole a bug, and, you know, nefarious purposes, maybe? Yeah. Perhaps we'll find out in today's episode. Yeah, but stay tuned on that front because not yet. First, we're going to have to go through the events proceed or following. The whole uh, Hawkbat terrorism shenanigan in which they are inflicted with the silly old poops. We spent like four fucking chapters prepping and doing this heist and all of this shit. And then the Hawkbat shows up and is like, sorry, we got the shits. Here's your equipment and leaves in half a page. Uh-huh. And I'm like, ah, oh, good. What a wonderful payoff. Yeah, they like send over some stealth satellite camera equipment and restock things that they're supposed to restock. And that's the end of that. They leave with a brief, very brief apology about how they have the, the poops. And that, I mean, that's basically it. Like, the hawk badge just goes, here's some stuff, bye. Yeah. And you're like, ah, oh, good. I'm glad we spent so goddamned long on Solinar, whatever, Celeste. Storin, Storin all. That's right. It's the place that sounds like a fucking storage company. Yeah, like a company where you you rent out storage rooms, and yeah, that's what it's exactly what it's. First month free. Yeah, twenty nine ninety nine for a six by ten. Welcome to Storin all. Uh, located conveniently next to a really loud freeway. (laughs) So convenient. Yeah. Uh, now the as we mentioned, they got the uh little spy satellites because. They're supposed to set up and get confirmation about who exactly it is that's coming behind them and Mm -hmm. fucking shit up. It's always important to know who's coming behind you. And fucking your shit up. Yeah. Those two things are very important. Yeah. Unless they're not. And I'm not going to (laughs) judge. Now, um... Not so, important. So we we start the, the this chapter off with them having a quick meeting about the big plans in which, for a very long time, Wedge is going to explain the latest convoluted plan that they want to pull off now that they have these spy satellites. Yeah. Uh, basically, they're going to be going to another planet. I don't remember the name of it. Uh, this one's got Durasteel mining and production facilities on it. Yep. And they are going to conduct a quick... Uh, they're going to set up spy satellites and then light speed away and then get in their X-Wings and fly back and raid the area just like they were supposed to, right in front of the cameras. But in order to truly throw everybody off the scent, all of their X-Wings are going to be repainted 
Yeah, that, they're going to pretend that they are the rogues. Yeah, they're going to turn themselves into Rogue Squadron. So they're going to repaint the X-Wings back into Rogue Squadron colors. They're going to call each other... I mean, technically, he's like, oh, you should get used to calling each other by Rogue Squadron call signs. I'm like, no, because they're all just numbers still. If I'm nine, I'm still nine in fucking Rogue Squadron. Yeah, I mean, like, technically, you're supposed to. I guess in inter, or Intra-Squadron, that's correct. But if you're an Inter-Squadron, where there's, like, a lot of them there, you're doing that. Remember that Luke's famous call sign is Red 5. Yeah. Not 5. So, presumably, you're supposed to call out your specific squadron. You should be saying, instead of 9, Rogue 9. Rogue 9, yeah. But, uh, obviously, it's one squadron, so they're just going to keep calling themselves by numbers. But everyone has to switch numbers for reasons. I'm not sure. Why not just paint the X-Wings with the pro- with the appropriately matching call signs and skip everybody the difficulty of spending three days learning new call signs? Yeah. And, I mean, even with just the numbers, you're like, okay, that's fine. Everyone could just stay their same numbers. But we need to make sure that at some point somebody calls Wedge Tycho. Yeah, because so he's that they can to be confirm Tycho. it. Yeah. And it has to be Face because he's the best actor. And I guess he's pretending to be, what, Hobie Clivan, probably? The only person in that squadron who would dare call Tycho by first name? (laughs) How would you dare? It's either him or Cornhorn. (laughs) Give him the old Cornhorn. (laughs) Cornhorn knows he's not supposed to, but he's like, like, hey, Tycho, it's me, Cornhorn. Hey, I got a long rambly story about how I was a cop at one point, and then I spent 15 months in a Jedi Academy instead of looking for my wife. (laughs) (laughs) And then I realized, ah. I'm not looking for my wife here. I got to leave. And then I didn't look for my wife again for about another year. Instead, I spent six months living with my grandpa. And then I spent about another year living with some pirates. Look, I fucked around a lot. Yeah. Luckily, my wife was in like a coma or something. So it was fine. (laughs) Yeah, she was in a coma. Like that guy who fell out of that turret. (laughs) So there you. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, this is Tycho. No, he definitely died. (laughs) Tycho back to Cornhorn. That guy's dead. Over. (laughs) Come on back over. <laughs> Come on back now. <laughs> uh, so uh, <laughs> so they're going to pretend to be Rogue Squadron. Mostly this is an excuse. I mean, that's the setup, but the the, uh, the the paragraphs are mostly given over to him telling Cubber, the ship's mechanic, that this is the big stupid job. He's got to uh, repaint all of the X-Wings to Rogue Squadron, and Cubber's like, oh, I don't want to do that. I just finished painting them to look like Wraith Squadron. And if there's one thing I hate more than doing a job that replacing a job that was done badly, it's replacing a job that was done right. Mm. And Wedge is like, yeah, I don't give a shit. And especially because you're going to have to paint them right back to Wraith Squadron when we're done. Yeah, this is going to be for about an hour's worth of time that these need to be in this color. And this leads into an like an a in-joke between the pilots that I do not understand. Mm-hmm. Because Cubber's like, oh, gosh darn it, I don't want to do none of that kind of works. And Wedge is like, like, hey, you better just do what I say, or would you rather I had Grinder do the painting? And you can sit in the X-Wing and go on the mission. And everyone's like, ooh. And I'm like, wait, is Grinder a famously terrible painter? Is that what we're trying? I get the cover part, like where Cover doesn't want to go sit in an X-Wing. He's not a pilot. Yeah. But why Grinder? Why are we singling out Grinder? I mean, I assume it was just whoever was closest in his <laughs> eyeline. Yeah, it must have been. He's like, or would you rather I pick mm, Grinder? There you are. Grinder to do it. Because to me, I was like, is he singling out Grinder as the one who's famously the worst painter of X-Wings? Bothan's famously bad at painting. <laughs> hey, that's not true. I'll have you know that there are many Bothans who have died to bring us wonderful paintings. <laughs> yeah, from other people. <laughs> 
Yes, we're a famously <laughs> brilliant species of spies and tracers. Yeah, Thrawn shows up and is like, ah, I see your art is shit. <laughs> that means your society sucks. It'd be amazing to have Thrawn show up to a Bothan planet and bring, bring me their art. These are clearly just badly traced pictures of Vash the Stampede from Trigun. <laughs> <laughs> I have taken the measure of these dorks. <laughs> this is, someone just... Trace the image of Vampirella, but try and give her nipples and make her nude? What is this? <laughs> ah, Bothans. <laughs> Fucking Bothans. <laughs> They've never developed any art for themselves more complicated than hand turkeys. <laughs> <laughs> Woof. <laughs> New lore drop on the Bothans in this episode. <laughs> Prove us wrong, Wikipedia. I dare you. Fight me, Wikipedia! <laughs> Fight me with all of your might. The Mona Hand Turkey Lisa of great of Bothawui was the greatest painting they ever developed. Ah, it's almost like this turkey is smiling at me a little. <laughs> its eyes follow me around the room. Yes, because they kind of jiggle. They're googly. <laughs> They're googly. <laughs> is this turkey smiling or frowning? Mm, no one may know. <laughs> right. Okay. So. So that's the first part of the big plan, is to make sure they fly right past the camera in, in Rogue Squadron colors to really let everyone know that some shit has gone horribly wrong. Well, yeah, because they're like, all right, we're supposed to set this. And so he's like, all right, uh, Grinder and Piggy, you guys go figure out what the most likely entry vector for X-Wings coming into here would be if they were, like, showing up trailing us yeah so that when the cameras see them it seems like we they were showing up after us because it doesn't want to just be like hey why did these come from the direction that the <laughs> night color flew off in yeah yeah they don't want that so they're gonna have to do some triangulation and, and proper uh, uh light speed navigation to make things look correct yeah and then of course they're like and we'll have to Instead of using our sweet Wraith encrypted broadcasting, we're just going to have to broadcast in open because, one, that's generally what Rogue Squadron does, and two, we are trying to get them to tell us, to say that we are Rogue Squadron. Yeah. So we got to be like, hello, Mr. Thompson, <laughs> I'm Rogue Squadron. We are famously Rogue Squadron, the only other squadron anyone's ever heard of. You know blue squadron i know there's like blue and red and yellow is a y-wing squadron and yeah. so on and so forth there are other squadrons but uh but it's just funny to me that he's just like i'll just name I'll, we'll just use my old squadron as the current one instead of just making it especially because whoever he's doing this to he's painting a big fucking target on them yeah right like to be like oh it's rogue squadron that's been following them around i want the deaths of rogue squadron well yeah, every fucking Imperial wants the deaths of Rogue Squadron. Like, yeah. that's why it's fine that's to do that. That's also true. Because if you're like, ooh, let's pretend to be this fucking rookie bullshit squadron. <laughs> That'd be the best. What squadron has the most Bothans? <laughs> hey, what squadron sucks the most? Uh, I don't know. Probably like Fang Squadron. Great, we're Fang Squadron. <laughs> it's Bob the Builder Squadron. The The kids who were in it got to name the squadron themselves. <laughs> Uh, it's Squadron McSquadron face. <laughs> yes, that's a shitty tired joke. No, they're not going to change it. <laughs> oh no, we've already seen if they let the, if they get to pick their own squadron names and they have silly joke names. Remember when they were like, "We'll call it Lunch Squadron uh? or Silly Squad." <laughs> so, uh, 
So, yeah, that's the big plan. But also, they do have to fly there first and conduct the regular-ass meeting with the people down there on the planet, which they do. Face gets dolled up in his Darillion outfit and uh, basically contacts them. They're like, hey, do you want to come down here and pick up the ore that we've set aside for you? But that's not in the charts, so they're like, that's obviously a trap question. No, Zinge is going to send along an ore hauler later. We don't want any ore. Yeah, that's not our job. We aren't sent to do that. I will, however, take a nice little trip around your facilities. <laughs> hey. And that's how they find out where all the warehouses and everything for the ore are. And they're like, okay, great. Now we know what targets we're going to be hitting. And we can show up as, you know, Palpatine did nothing wrong squadron and uh-huh. take everything out. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> squadron names. Squadron names. <laughs> Oh, no, it's the Gushing Grandmas. <laughs> oh, this is Gushing Granny 3 coming in. <laughs> Once again, I must protest this name. <laughs> but I will use it. <laughs> well, I am in the military. Yeehaw. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, they do the thing. And then they run a raid on the facility. And obviously, there are immediate defenses that pop up. They were trying to outrun the defenses, but they weren't able to. There is a pretty quick civil dispensary or defense response. There's a civil dispensary, and everyone gets fucking blazed. <laughs> yeah, they pick up a little of that sweet indica and head on back to the ship. This is Kush Squadron. <laughs> so, uh,. So they're racing around trying to uh, to blow up a bunch of facilities and get out of there before too many uh, defenses are raised. Unfortunately, some brand new type of ship comes popping up. Some kind of usually just a ground vehicle called ULAVs or ultralight a- aerial vehicles. Yeah, and they're basically just like, oh, it would be like if you had a flak cannon, but it could float a little. Yes. And these ones, uh, Wedge notices like, oh, they really ramped the engines on these up because they're floating like above the buildings level where normally they hover in the same way that like a speeder hovers yeah and they definitely do the most important thing that a flat cannon normally does which is be able to camouflage itself in any kind of way so that it doesn't immediately get bombed into oblivion and they do this by floating 30 to 40 meters above the ground yeah in the best way you can do in a big line Just a a big, tightly packed squadron of these guns. Uh Uh-huh. Good for them. Smart move. (laughs) And it certainly pays off for them. It does, because they they, uh, take one pass. These things have gun emplacements with defenders on the front and the back. They're very small, but they're just repulsor platforms. So Wedge immediately calls out to everybody to watch out for the guns on the front and back and try to do crossfire pattern where they're hitting them from the sides, hoping that these ULAVs will get caught up in the crossfire. Hmm. I think they will. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and uh and sure enough, they they fly a little crosshatch pattern, a couple of shots are exchanged. No one no one on the X-wing squadron suffers any damage whatsoever, but one stray shot from someone, I forget who, sets off a chain reaction that hits the missile launchers on these things, and then that missile launcher blows up and blows up the vehicle next to it, and they just daisy-chain themselves into clouds of dust. Yep, everyone's missiles blow up one right after the other, and you just get a little pop-pop-pop-pop-pop-pop, everyone gone. And again, these are civil defenders who live on a planet and are not part of any kind of big major space war, but all of them are killed instantly in an attempt to defend their homeland, Yep, as they are taken out by an extremely superior force who regards them with such disdain that the first thing we hear about the de- this daisy chain death is Mindonos whining that they're all dead already so he doesn't get to get any kills today. Oh no, that's Kel. 
Because Kel's been the one who does stupid bullshit on every mission. Oh, so he, so never, he never gets, gets air kill. kills. That's right, yeah. He only has ground kills. Yeah. He was too busy blowing up the storage facility, and I assume a lot of blue-collar workers. Yeah, or, or <laughs> vainly attempting to save Jesmyn Akbar. Yeah. Instead of getting in a cool space fight. So when he's just like, Ugh, I never get space kills, you're like, my dude. <laughs> yeah, you... I I get it, I understand, but like, the first one keeping the fucking incoming ship from bombing your base while you had people trying to leave. Yeah. That was a good plan. You did it. You did a good thing. And now you're like, oh, man, I didn't get to murder anybody today. Yeah, these shouldn't have counted for your fucking, the side of your X-Wing anyway. Also, he was like, I didn't get any air kills. And I'm like, that's a hovering platform. platform. Yeah, they're, they're, complete, they're almost completely harmless. They blew up immediately. They were hastily mounted people desperately trying to save their lives. And you're grumpy because you don't get to paint a little baby riding a little red wagon on the side of your X-Wing. You fucking hack. <laughs> uh, Why not just kill some civilians and paint that on the side of your X-Wing if it hurts you so bad? Well, because they're not flying. And it only counts if they fly. They will be if you hit them right. <laughs> uh, no, then they're falling. <laughs> Catch them in a tractor beam and then shoot them out of the sky. <laughs> Pull. <laughs> <laughs> All right, run, land and throw some guys. Just throw them straight up. Just hook me. a guy up there. Up, up just uh, okay. We'll do it. I'm gonna get in my X-wing and I want you to throw a man, and then I'm gonna <laughs> shoot him, and then I'm gonna paint his terrified visage on the side of my ship. <laughs> I'm going to have a camera on the front of the X-wing, and his final moment of life, where he realizes that mm -hmm. he is about to meet his maker, I'll put that on the side of my X-wing and go. Yeah. Yeah, except I won't be able to use it because the woman in the seat behind him decided to flash the camera. <laughs> Ruining a fun vacation for both of us, Runt. <laughs> you and me, Runt. <laughs> so, okay. Uh, where uh, where are we? They do the raid. They blow up all the new labs and they, they get their, their shots in and they, they get enough damage done to make it look realistic. And then they blow the fuck out of there. Yep. And then they're contacted almost immediately upon returning to their ship and, and bugging out. They're contacted by Admiral Triggett. And we haven't talked to this guy in a while. Yeah, Triggett is like, hey there, Derillion. I see we've got some cameras that have caught who's coming after you. How wonderful. Mm. Of course, I also would like to know about your other dealings. Yeah, he starts with a quick thing where he's just like, all right, well, here's what your current assignment is, you, you, you nerds. I need you plus the provocateur and the the invoker and the, and the shooting you guys to meet me at this one spot. We're going to go take out the planet Morobus, which currently has the survivors of the other planet on it. And, we, and I want those survivors. I, I got to get them. I got to get them. So, okay, you're cool with that? And then, yeah, also, hey, what would it cost for me to get the full details of all your little side projects? And for a second, this is Face, who's pretending to be Derillion like he always does is thinking, oh shit, he's on to us. He knows what's going on. But then he's like, no, if he knew, this wouldn't be the tack he'd take. No, he wouldn't just show up and be like, all right, so here's the plan for how we're going to go and where yeah. all of our ships will be, and now I know who you are! Yeah, that wouldn't work, because then they just jump to hyperspeed and they, and, and uh, Trigger would have to cancel a mission. Yeah. but So instead, he's like, wait, what the fuck is... Oh! Oh, he's just figured out that this ship is doing secret bullshit project work for Zinch. Yeah, because... I mean, as we found out in here, every time they go to a planet, all of this shit is completely compartmentalized, and yeah. all of the nonsense is like, ooh, you've 
you've got to go find whatever, and I'm going to give you one piece of the puzzle. So Trinket's like, yeah, tell me about all the stuff you've been doing. So that way I can get a bigger, like, view of the picture. Yeah. What exactly is it that Zinge is doing? Yeah, so he, he uh, hems and haws for just a second trying to figure out how the hell to respond to that kind of thing and ultimately decides that the best way to kind of not get caught in a firefight between Imperial warlords is to just go, uh, you can't buy my loyalty, sir. I am a loyal man of the of Zinja's navy. You may think that I am ridiculous for my various ways of being, but affectations and pomposity, but I, I am a true and loyal servant, sir. And of course, should I someday be under your command, you will know that I'm a true and loyal servant to you. Mm, yes, provide a steady stream of peacock feathers and and, and, a, se- and a steady stream of pee. Mm, I, of course, need a steady stream of pee at all times. And a giant lolly, at which point my loyalty shall be forever be yours. Oh, Papa, <laughs> if you give me a giant lolly, I will always be your man. Oh, how I will cavort and dance for your appreciation. <laughs> Daddy, Daddy, I need a lolly, and then I will be a very good boy. I shan't tell any lies. Without a lolly, I of course shall be cross. <laughs> Quite cross. <laughs> so, <laughs> Trigget, who did in fact think that Darillion is a ridiculous man. Yes. He's uh, like, huh, neat. All right, I did not expect that from you. I knew you were a ridiculous little pompous whatever but i i never put it together that you were actually a loyal man no i i figured you were just in it to win it and would take any sort of thing you could get neat yeah okay sure my dude i will no longer impugn your honor Mm, that's right let's have no more impositions upon my honor or i shall be forced to duel you (laughs) i mean my manservant shall be forced to duel yours i shall duel you upon the hopping scotch ground You have never hopped scotch in a way similar to me. (laughs) I hop scotch in the way only a bothan can. (laughs) I'm trained in the finest ways of the bothan masters. (laughs) Yes, I'm Leonard (laughs) D-Boy. I understand you. (laughs) Ah, goddammit. So, uh, anyway, at this point we get, yeah, Trigget's just duly impressed by this, this stupid foppish little man. And signs off. Yeah. But we also get, I think this is right around the point where, what's her name? Gara Pertito or whatever. His second in command. Yeah. Uh, comes up to tell him some not stuff. Yet. Not yet. Not yet. Okay. No. So uh, they all get together because they're like, okay, great. We have to uh, get our assignments. They have all of that nonsense with the Trigget. And then... Is it time for the grinder shit? Then it's time for the grinder show. Yeah. So grinder, as we mentioned at the beginning of the episode, stole a bug from store and all, uh, and was like, I need this. And I can't let anyone else know I need this because of my private projects. And we're like, Oh, a red herring. Could he perhaps be the bad spy? But no, he isn't. He's just the prankster. Yeah. Cause so- all the other pranks that have happened have apparently been him. But when they went to go like, oh, hey, uh, you and Piggy need to do the calculations for how our X-Wings will come in. He was like, yes, sir, and just bolted. And everyone was like, huh, weird. But he ran off because he was like, ooh, this is the perfect time to take that weird little see-through glass bug thing and put it into someone's X-Wing. Yeah, I think it's Face's X-Wing. He's playing planks on on everybody, but Face in this situation. Yeah. Um, so he's going to put it in Face's X-Wing so that he gets a 
I don't know, a butt full of bug. Yeah, because uh, Face and someone else were the ones who were going to put the actual satellites out. Yes. So he's going to go mess with him and does so. He, he uh, takes the bug, runs to Face's X-Wing, which all the X-Wings have individually key-coded canopies. So he, he has ha- carefully hacked every other person's X-Wing security so he can get into them if he wants to. Yeah, he has... Definitely spent a lot of time aboard this Corvette just being like, oh, I'm I'm in every system. Yeah. Like, obviously, all of my downtime is hacking into everything. Yeah. So he can just walk up to Face's X-Wing and go beep boop, and it just opens. Yeah. And then he just dumps the bug in there, and a little piece of, pe- of uh, flimsy plaster or whatever comes out as well. It is a uh, little digital readout of the instructions of how to care for and maintain this kind of bug. Yeah, just the the information on what this thing is. This glass prowler. And so he's like, huh, all right, great, whatever. And sees the little bug sitting there on the seat, just kind of looking around. He's like, ah, this will be great. Face will be so scared. Boop, and fucking leaves. Yep. And then when they come back from putting all of the various satellites and whatnot in orbit, there was nothing. They didn't get any, like, call where anyone had freaked out. His wingman for it didn't say he had done anything. Yeah, it's Fainan. Uh, and uh, and so he's like, what the hell? And he even manages to get around and be- look behind face and everything to make sure he doesn't have, like, a dead bug stuck to his ass or anything. Because, honestly, that was my initial impression, that face is just going to leap into his X-Wing and not notice the translucent tiny thing on the chair of his seat. Yeah, when a little see-through fucking, what I assume is like... A praying mantis. Praying with, mantis. Yeah. I was like, yeah, you're just going to jump into your fucking seat and go... <laughs> <laughs> but you you do that anyway. Yeah, but I this always, time when I jump into my seat, go... <laughs> yeah. So, But that's because you have the poops. You have them... <laughs> I've got the nasty sewer poops. Yeah, you've got the, the Cosmorellian hyper poop. Um, so that's where you make just one really big one. I've got one. the cosmopolitan hyper poops. <laughs> All right. So, uh, uh, yeah, he, he's just like, oh, I guess the prank didn't work. Whatever. Maybe the bug got loose somewhere. Or maybe, yeah. Maybe could it find a way out of an X-wing? I don't know. It doesn't matter. I'm going to bed. And then he does. And then he starts hearing the noises. Yeah. The constant scritching noise. That was the exact same noise that bug was making. Yeah. So apparently the bug... Uh, you know, when he first got it, it was making little scritch noises against the case it was in. And then when he stole it and put it into a little box, it made the little scritch, scritch, scritch noise. Mm-hmm. And now when he is trying to go to sleep, ooh, he hears the scritch, scritch, scritch noise. Yeah. And he just runs out naked into the hallway and is like, hey, Fallon, did you, do you hear anything? And she's like, why are you naked? And he's like, doesn't matter. Did you hear something? <laughs> And she was like, yeah, I kind of heard something skittering. I don't know. Who gives a shit? Are both? Do you think bothans are like the kind, one of those species? Do you where... think bothans hang dog? Well, no, I'm just thinking like Wookiee, right? So no one cares if Chewbacca runs out without the baldric on. Yeah. It's going to feel weird, but no one's going to yell at him about it. No one's like, oh, I can see that diagonal stripe of your body. <laughs> yeah, but bothans, you know, wear pants. But do they have to? Like, do you think they got a visible dick or is it just because they're furred? They're fully furred. They're fully furred in all forms of pleasure. Uh-huh. So, so does it really matter if he comes out naked or not? I don't know. That's that's what I want to know. I want to know, is a Bothan hanging brain? Yeah. Can you see what's going on? Yeah, because Bothan's like this weird combination between like a horse, dog, and lion is what you come up with. So some of those hang dong, and some of those have like retracto lipstick dongs. Yeah. We is don't it going to be like a dog where you're like, I can kind of see where your, your dong would 
shoot out from. Yeah, but it's not. That's not dong. That's like dong con- container. <laughs> that's that's your dong sack. Yeah. So <laughs> it appears to be attached attached to some sort of skungus. <laughs> This is Dong Sack Squadron. We're coming in. <laughs> uh, uh, so, but she's just like, why are you naked? He goes, doesn't matter. Did you hear any noises? No. And then she goes into her room and goes to bed. And then this all continues. We just, there's a whole bunch of this. He gets increasingly paranoid because he keeps hearing that goddamn noise. And he starts he, flipping through the instruction manual of how to clear for a glass prowler to see if there was a way it could have gotten out of an X-Wing canopy. No, boring-ass bug. Nothing special about it. Yeah, he's just like, all right, I got I to gotta flip through this. But the thing is, what it came with is just like, uh, this is what you feed it. Yeah. This is the environment it's normally in. He's like, this is horseshit. I need more information. So he so goes. He, he goes to the encyclopedia on the ship. Uh-huh. Because they've got a hollow net or whatever. They got ships encyclopedia, some yeah. 1995 Microsoft Encarta CD. <laughs> they got some Britannica on flimsy plast or some shit. <laughs> there it is. And he pops it in and he's like, yeah, great. Show me the fucking thing about the, the glass prowler. Ah, it's all the same information. Horse shit. But, oh, what's this? A link near the bottom for a See dish- also. The crystal deceiver. Ooh, I think we read that book. <laughs> Star Wars, the crystal deceiver. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Waru was in that one. Yeah, I think so. He might have been the titular crystal deceiver. <laughs> he deceived my crystals. <laughs> titularly. <laughs> I'm going to do that titularly. <laughs> uh, uh, adverbing a word is fun. Um, <laughs> anyway, he uh, he's like, what the fuck is a crystal deceiver? And clicks on that. And sure enough, this both and gathers some terrifying information, <laughs> which is... Uh, Crystal deceivers are a species that lives on the same planet as glass prowlers, and oh no, unlike glass prowlers, they they just look exactly like them. That's their their gimmick is they have adaptive camouflage to look like glass prowlers. Yeah, they but they, they evolved to look like them because they're like, oh, crystal deceivers prey on things that normally prey on the glass prowlers. Yes, but they're they're highly venomous, and they have a venom that works incredibly well on mammals. Yeah. So if one of them gets you, it'll kill you and then just slowly eat you for as long as it Well, it doesn't kill you. It paralyzes you. And they're like, oh, it's fine if you get medical attention before the bug eats too much of you. Yes. So he's really, he's like, ah, shit, ah, shit. But I'm probably safe, right? Like, there's no way that, like, whatever company collected that fucking bug accidentally collected the wrong bug and just put it in a box and be like, ah, it's the wrong bug. Who cares? But it's worrying, especially because some of the aspects of the Crystal Deceiver are that, like, it's very good at escaping from tight places. And it can have a worrying aspect to it for mammalians that it remembers any mammalian scent it comes across and will track down anyone that it has imprinted that scent upon. Ooh. And he's like, oh no, it's coming for me. That scary bug is coming for me. And so that night, as he tries to sleep and ignore the, the doom trending towards him, he's like, uh, okay, I'm just going to go to bed. And then he hears it. The scritch, scritch, scritch. Ah, the scritching of the hideous bug! Runs out into the hallway again. Once again, I believe. This time with a towel. With a towel on. And pounds on the door to Fainan's room. He's like, hey man, you know how you had that fucking sealant from- That spray? That that little plasta sealant thing from last time that we used? Do you still have that? And he's like, dude, it is like one in the morning. What are you doing at one? Why do you need to seal something? He's like, shut the fuck up. Do you have it? Yeah, dude. It's for a masturbation thing. Don't worry. I just don't want to feel anything. It's for gross both and sex stuff. Now, would you get me some sealant? <laughs> mm, checks out. <laughs> yeah, I, I bet. Ever since I saw your skungus. 
hanging in your dill sack. <laughs> Ever since that dong sack showed up, I was like, yeah, I get it. <laughs> I'd want some sealant too, man. I don't blame you. <laughs> so he goes and gets the can of sealant. He's like, great, thanks. And then runs back to his room and starts spraying any crack or hole or any place in his room that's any like scungus at all. If you could find a way to crawl in here, I'm going to seal it off. And he seals everything except for the air vent, which he then hooks up to a wire and electrifies. Yes. He's like, all right, everything's fine. I can still breathe. And if it tries to get through the air vent, it'll get zapped to death. All I'll right. Shock its tiny brain. Now I'm going to go to sleep. And then he hears the scritching again. He's like, oh, fuck. Oh, wait. It came in while I was getting the sealant. Tries now to it's turn the sealed lights. in. Yeah. Tries to turn the lights on. They won't work. The power's out. This bug must have cut the power. He stands <laughs> it's up. It's coming in the out of the goddamn walls. He stands up out of the dark and blindly attempts to fumble his way to the door. Only Game for, over, man. Game over. Yeah, for a crystalline shape to come swinging down from above him and smack him clear and clean in the face. And everything goes dark. And obviously that means he's dead. Anyone who loses consciousness at any point is automatically dead. That's just shorthand. That's how Star Wars works. Uh-huh. If you go to sleep, you die, and then a different person wakes up. Every night, you die. <laughs> You're living the prestige. <laughs> I'm always living the prestige. <laughs> I just poop twice, and one goes on the toilet. <laughs> Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I just pooped twice, I pooped twice, and one goes in the toilet. One goes in the toilet, and the other goes into a big pile of hats out <laughs> outside of Tesla's house. <laughs> uh, so, he then awakens to hear some people talking and finds out he's in Med Bay, and uh, Wedge and Face and Fainan and Kel are all there, uh-huh. and they're like, all right, so is he okay? And he's like, I guess, I don't know. We'll have to see. And then when he comes to, Wedge is like, hey, man, you're all fucked up, my dude. You screamed like a little girl and woke up half the ship and then passed out. So I'm going to have Fainan decide whether or not I need to take you off the fly list. So work it out with him, okay, buddy? You know. Grinder immediately was like, no, you have to listen. You have to listen. There's a bug and it'll kill us all. There's a it's bug on the wing of the plane. <laughs> it's coming. It's coming for you. It could be any one of us. <laughs> we need to test your blood. <laughs> it's people. <laughs> and everyone else is like, uh, maybe you should leave him with Fainan for a few minutes. We'll try and talk him down and see if he's okay. This is probably... Just a stress-related break. It might just be weird both in the sex stuff. <laughs> he might have PTSD, and if so, we're going to need to torture him for a bit, so you should probably leave. <laughs> PTSD in bothans, of course, stands for a pretty traumatic st- uh, sack dick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's pretty traumatic. Pretty traumatic. <laughs> <laughs> so, everyone leaves the room, except for Fainan. 
and face and face who quickly shut the door as everyone else runs runs away and they spin around at him and go so let's talk about what happened and then pull out this little speaker and he's like hey buddy and they click a button and it makes the little scritch noise and grinder immediately clocks what's going on he's like you motherfucker yeah. <laughs> and they're like ah that Work. Sit, sit, and they pretty much Fainan just grabs him and throws him down onto the onto the. They let him sit for a minute, but then when he tries to stand up to to uh, kind of protest, they just hook him onto the bed. They're like, "We know you're doing practical jokes, and it's then you put a fucking you. bug in faces X wing." And he's like, "No," and they're like, "Man, we know it was you because it was in there, and no one got in, and there was no trace of anyone getting in, which means it was a professional job." And, and you're like, the only slicer that can do it. And you did all of it. We know you did the Phelan inflated spacesuit with a knife thing. You did some shit to Kel involving a bunch of like cables that were hidden behind his locker or something. Yeah, he had a thing in one of the earlier chapters where basically like the snakes from a can of peanut brittle popped out at him. Yeah. So we know it's all you and it needs to stop. So we're going to make you stop. That's what this is. We're stopping you. And, you know, he's like, how the fuck did you... How did you know you didn't even make a noise? What what was going on? Pass the bug thing. They put the bug in your thing. And he was like, oh, well, that's it. Fainan has one, too. Fainan also, on the same day, also saw the the glass prowlers and was like, ooh, neat. He's like, yeah, I like bugs. Yeah. I'm a bug guy. And the thing is, he saw it because Grinder had cut a hole in the fucking container and grabbed one out. It meant that when Fainan went past, he was like, Ooh, hey, bug box. Neat. And just grabbed one as well. So there's one living in Fainan's room. And I assumed his got out. Yeah. And Fainan is my wingman, and that means I'm occasionally in his room to talk to him about X-Wing stuff. Nothing so, else. Don't worry about it. You know, and, um, <laughs> no gross dick sack stuff. Certainly no mutual J.O. sessions or <laughs> nothing like that. I'm not charging up my kyber crystal with him or nothing. <laughs> and then Fainan's like, please, Illum crystal at best. <laughs> And he's like, yeah, I assumed that this had gotten free. And, you know, I've seen it before, so I didn't freak out. And also, it's not like I was going to kill it because I thought, oh, Fainan's little pet got out. I'll make sure to, you know, just put this somewhere. It's fine. I know that it's a glass prowler and that it's harmless. Yeah. So, sure, I just let it sit there and then brought it back to him. But when I brought it back to his room, there was his glass prowler. I'm like, god damn it. And well, th- then they're like, so you're going to knock it off. And he's like, or what? What are you going to do? Report me? And they're like, no, we don't even need to report you. Because here's here's the deal, little little grinder man. Here's what here's how come you passed out when you saw the scary thing. By the way, uh, we had Kel rig the lights and build us his little machine. So he's in on all this as well. Uh, we turned the lights on the moment you screamed so loud you woke everyone else up. And when we came in, you were unconscious. You didn't even get bonked in the face, my dude. You just got so scared you fainted. Yeah, you fainted. That is entirely what happened. So if you would like to let the entire Bothan spy community know that uh, uh, something dropped from the ceiling and scared you so bad you passed out, we'll do that, or you can cut the shit. Yeah, and he's like, ooh, okay, but I don't know that that necessarily makes us even because you did some pretty nasty stuff. That's what it was. They, they, he thought that they injected him with a paralytic and actually made him go unconscious. And they're like, they're like, no, you just passed out. We are definitely even, and you're not going to do any more of this shit. Yeah. And he's like, fine, I'll fucking stop then. Yeah. And that's the end of that, which is good, because we actually have a whole other thing to get through. Yeah. In the next 10 minutes. So here we go. <laughs> uh, 
here, the actual part of this book that matters. Yeah, because they devoted so much time to this stupid plot, this nonsense. Anyway, uh, we're going to have to now go deal with the fact that we have to rendezvous somewhere with these other three Imperial ships and then all go through hyperspace together to arrive at the Marobe system to try and kill the uh, the, uh, Fondor refugees. Yeah, so they get... Trigit's main ship is going to be like, okay, I'm going to disgorge my TIE fighters as the main attack force. Obviously, I've got like the big capital ship here. Yeah. So I'll go in and be the main big force. You are my support forces. So I know, you know, each of you have a small amount of TIE fighters. You'll set those out as support. Uh huh. And then anything that tries to get out, we can pick those off. This is our plan. This is what we're going to do. So I'll go sort of like front middle. I'll have the two Corvettes flanking me and then one other ship kind of around. Yeah. So that's the plan. Okay. Is everyone okay with my plan? Okay. So everyone, uh, oh, and while they're doing this, the the Nightcaller has taken like absurd lengths to try and protect things. They've put a wig and facial hair disguise onto uh, Hrackness, the current captain of the Nightcaller. Uh, so that he looks from a great distance, kind of like Darillion. Yeah, they're like, oh, just in case anyone looks in the window, tries to bring up an image of the Nightcaller's bridge, it'll look like Darillion is sitting there. And you're yeah. like, that's a lot of work, my man. You know what you could possibly do is just get a nice big cardboard standee of Darillion and mount it to a Christmas train that's driving around inside. Yeah. That'll probably fool everybody. You filthy yeah. animals. Yeah. Also get angels with filthy souls <laughs> and, and play that near the door to the Nightcaller in case anyone tries to deliver a pizza to you, which is an empire ge- uh, gift of solidarity. Indeed. Yeah. That's how you. That's how they should have made it so that the Hawkbat didn't show up is the second they opened the doors to get in there, they played angels <laughs> with filthy souls. <laughs> I would have loved that. And then if they persisted, the entire Nightcaller is is ringed with all kinds of horrifying traps. Yep. I mean, look, they're little terrorists. Why wouldn't they hit a man in the face with a full paint can, (laughs) crushing his skull instantly? Electrify him into a skeleton man. (laughs) Make him step upon an entire upright nail. Yeah, with tar at the bottom so it stays in there. Mm, Delicious. Yeah, that movie's terrifying. (laughs) (laughs) Everything about that is absolutely terrifying still love it i'm gonna have a blowtorch go on your head that'll be fine (laughs) hit you in the face with a hot iron Mm, delicious hear that that hot sizzling joe pesci Mm. he's hot and sizzling (laughs) it's hot and ready (laughs) that that guy's like fajitas (laughs) so uh so yeah they're doing that while all the while face is wearing his full disguise and pretending to be derillion over the the comms for anyone who needs that yes so lots of prep. Uh, but the moment they get there, Trigget, who is a very uh, observational fellow, is like, oh, my goodness, Darillion, you've made a number of modifications to your ship. What's up with your profile? And, and Yeah, he's just like, oh, I've made it so that I replaced the uh, escape pods with TIE fighters. And now instead of it taking me minutes to get my TIE fighters out, I can get them out in seconds. Also, I've replaced those brutish pilots with more willowy Cambridge lads. <laughs> Also, I've replaced your coffee with Folger's Instant Crystals. Let's see if you notice. <laughs> There's no water in this. It's just a pile of crystals. Mm. Yes, obviously, I don't know how coffee is prepared. <laughs> yes, well, you said you wanted coffee, and here it is. <laughs> just have your man do it. <laughs> You've got a man, right? I love that this voice was originally for Trigget, and now it's 
come over to Darillion. Well, we spend way more time with fake Darillion, and I like the voice. <laughs> also, Trigget's going to betray all of our early, this guy's not that bad for an Imperial Principles in just a second. Uh, I mean, is he? I don't know. We have to discuss how he responds to his second-in-command. It's interesting, because they all get information, they all, you know, sync up their cycles and <laughs> get together yeah. so they can all take off, go into hyperspace at the same time, heading towards Morobi. Yeah. And while they're in hyperspace, Trigget's not even his number two. It's the person who had done his slice job that had caused Talon Squadron to not have the information on that planet in the first place yeah. that Zinge was like, well, why didn't you just kill them off? He's like, because they're a good slicer and they're useful. Yeah. Manages to go, hey, man, so I noticed something in the data. Yeah. So she's like, hey, I've been running some numbers on the data. The only information we have that tells us that the Fondor refugees are at the Morobi station is the Mort Parasite Network. Our, we, we haven't talked about it for a while because it's been in the background, like the Empion mines, which you know are coming back. But these Mort parasite robots are little boxes that attach themselves to the inside of spaceships and look like the inside of spaceships so they can hide. And then they just kind of ping their location to a network. So the, uh, the, the warlord Zinja's group has a fairly good idea of where ships are going and, and hanging out. And she's like, the only information we have is from this network and 80% of the traffic that tells us where the Morobi station is, is coming from the same 22 uh, units of uh, the Mort Parasite droids. And the only way that's even fucking possible is if all they do is go to hyperspace, switch what ship they're on, and go right back to Morobi so they can be rotated out and go back out again. Yeah, it's just, oh, these are the same ships coming and going back and forth to make it look like traffic is happening. Yeah, it's not even the same ships. It's the same pro, uh, the same parasites. They're, the, the Rebellion has figured out how to switch them, and they're going in and out and switching the ships to make things look even le more confusing. Oh, that I assumed that yeah. it was just, no, it's we know that the parasites are there, so we just fly those ships and bring those ships back. Uh, it says that they switch the ships out when they get out somewhere, because they've been able to track the other ships via other parasite droids on them and so on. But uh, but yeah, so they're they're doing this elaborate ruse to make us think this place is a safe place for you to attack. They're gonna be at, they're gonna almost certainly have an ambush there. And yeah, because they're like, oh, if they're doing this, it means they know what the parasite is because they're specifically doing the same parasite ships over and over again. So yeah. they know. Yeah, but I gotta say, this is again, we're gonna we're gonna play a little bit in Trigget's favor here because he's like, ooh, good work. Uh, yeah, obviously I don't want to get ambushed, so. Let's just drop out of hyperspace and give away. We can't send messages while we're in hyperspace. So prep a message that'll hit them immediately when they get out that tells them to just bug the fuck out of there. Don't yeah. launch your TIE fighters. Just leave. Get the fuck out. It's a trap. It's a trap. So, but good job. And, you know, normally what you'd expect from an Imperial officer is, is to be like, oh, stupid slicer. Who cares if the, if the rebellion has a trap? Number one, they definitely don't. They're morons. And number two, even if they do, we're in a Star Destroyer. What's the worst we could happen? We'd win slightly slower. Ha 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 ha. And his uh, daddy's just like, yeah, great, get us out of hyperspace. He's huh? like, oh, fuck, I don't want to die, I'm out. <laughs> yeah, let's just leave. We're done. Let's just hit the bricks. You could just leave. <laughs> yeah, so he's like, all right, I'll set up a message to go through the hollow net to go to all their ships and tell uh -huh. them to leave. And that should be fine because they're going to come out of hyperspace, you know, a little before the planet. So they're like, oh, it's not like we're going to drop out right on the planet. We yeah. were going to fly in so yeah they should have enough time to turn around and then fuck off 
that's fine. Yeah, that'll be okay. And then Gara's like, great, thanks, boss, and uh, becomes the sand le- leader of the 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 uh, ninjas hidden in the sand. Sorry, <laughs> I'm just, Gara has been stuck in my head. I'm pretty sure that's her actual name, though. I don't know. Uh, so, But she, what actually happens is Trigget is like, oh, damn, by the way, damn, she hot. Ass. Yeah. She turns to leave, and he's like, ooh, you know, I've been thinking a lot about this Gara lady, and she's a great combination of chill, good at delivering information, and very, very hot. Super hot and sexy. Look, folks, if you want to see a lady that's that hoe over there, it's this Gara lady. I'm like, oh my god, is this the latest lady in this book who has to get the hot description? We've gone through every woman we meet, except Jasmine. Yeah, just, if you are a human woman, you get to be hot, and that's it. There's no, like, Ah, oh, I appreciate this slicer and code breaker because she can understand a lot of things that my people were overlooking. That's great. Also, she hot, and I would do her. Yeah, and then he, here's the thing. On the one hand, I am sick of every person hitting on every woman they see in this this book, but he doesn't. He lets her get back to her station, and then he thinks, hmm, maybe I'll propose some sort of liaison to her. The whole reason I want to do this is because she seems like she wouldn't be clingy and would just be like, yeah, let's bone down and then be done. Yeah, so that's that's the kind of relationship that I am looking for right now, and I hope I could find a similar one in her. I'm a busy professional, and I would like someone who is interested in a physical relationship without any other ties. I'm looking for some NSA boning. That's that's all. No big deal. And he doesn't... There's no point where he's like, and obviously I will murder her if she says no, or she will say yes because of the implication. He literally is like, and if she's in, in into it, great. Well, I still have a really important and good slicer on my bridge. What a nice thing to know. Yeah. And I'm not going to do it right now because I'm patient and this obviously isn't the time. Yeah. And I'm like, I, we just, you know, managed to avoid a, uh, a, uh, a trap. A trap. Yeah. So, yeah, this probably probably not a time to be like hey good job on all of that information you want to just get nasty you want to get full freaky so i'm like on the one hand i am very sick of every woman in this book being described as hot but that's not triggett's fault that's aaron alston's fault and triggett is for as far as empire guys describing ladies go it's just like she's beautiful and i'd be interested in her and maybe i'll i'll pursue that at some point it's not that bad yeah, when I think about it again. This is a space fascist who will kill people for fascist reasons. Yes, uh, is is currently in servile sort of servitude to a warlord who uh, extracts resources from people at the threat of being killed by his superior firepower. He's a bad guy. Yeah, he's not a good guy. He's a bad person. <laughs> but this is probably the most healthy response I've seen to a fe- to a woman walking through a room in this book so far. Yeah, given that all the other ones are like, damn. She hot. I think I am in love with you because I am a big dumb meathead with problems. <laughs> I've got problems, but I will push those down. Yeah. So, and then the second time when she's like, "Please don't just say you're in love with me," and he's like, "Okay, I won't." All right, it's been three hours. I'm pretty sure I'm in love with you. Uh, uh. So you know, I just just saying, weird. Anyway, they all land, they all get there. All the the three ships remaining. They, there's a like a corvette and a, they, it's, some yeah. It's them, another a, corvette, yeah, and a frigate or something. A big empire frigate. No more star destroyers. And uh, they all come out of hyperspace. They immediately get the message. And Wedge is like, "Fuck, fuck, fuck, fuck. We can't let them run. We need to actually trap and take them down." And there's no way that the forces who are trying to be shown as like oh, we're not ready for this. We were posturing as if we were going to be taken unawares. Yeah, so they, so they weren't, like, waiting for them. Yeah, so they have to hyperspace in, and it's going to take them a minute. And so 
Wedge is like, fuck, we have to we have to go now and we have to take out these other two ships immediately before they get a chance to get away. We gotta take out their engines and communications immediately mm-hmm. so that they can't leave and also say, Hey, the Nightcaller is a traitor. So he's like, fuck, scramble. And scramble everyone you can. Now the easiest ships to scramble are the four TIE fighters, because they're all mounted to the outside of the hull, as previously mentioned. So that means that Wedge, who is in a TIE fighter along with Phelan, and they have one other with them. I forget. I think it's Face. Uh, no, it's Fainan, I think, is in one of them. And then also uh, Atril, the character yes. uh, who we introduced in the last couple of chapters. Yep. So those four are in TIE Fighters, and they bug out immediately just looking normal like every other ship, which was supposed to disgorge his TIE Fighters right away. Yeah, and the other ones did, and that's when they got the message. And so you had, like, the main big carrier was like, oh, I disgorged all my TIE Fighters. And then, like, Tries to call a minute back. later, all the TIE fighters that were f- flying forward are like, oh, sh- shit, okay, trying to come back. Yeah, so they're all trying to turn around and come back. And then the Nightcaller opens fire and starts trying to kill these other big ships. And there's a point where Face is, like, try- he's sitting there because he's the only one who's not out in one of the X-Wings. He's he's the only Wraith Squadron member still on the Nightcaller because he was supposed to be running communications and pretending to be Captain Darillion. Yeah, because during the assault and before they got there, it was like, oh, f- anyone wanted to contact the ship Mm -hmm. before they started the actual assault, they needed to have a Darillion there. So, Hrackness is trying to rotate the ship around on Wedge's orders to get a shot off on the the Corvette. They haven't launched the X-Wings yet, but they are preparing to. They're all sitting in the bay, in their X-Wings. And uh, Face contacts him and is like, we don't have enough firepower in, in this Corvette to shoot down that Corvette before it can get to hyperspeed. You need to vent, emergency vent the oxygen from the uh, the X-Wing storage room and open the bomb bay doors, because that'll give you 14 more torpedoes. There's seven X-Wings ready to go. Yeah, they can all just fire torps immediately out of that bay. We'll just broadside them. Yeah. So, he does indeed. Yeah. But Face, of course, at this point is like, Oh, sweet. The jig is up. I don't need to be here and tries to get down there before that happens so he can get in an X-Way. So he jumps out of the communication room, which is a little offshoot room from the bridge, and starts trying to run as fast as he can across the ship to get to the hangar, hoping he can jump in and fire one more round of torpedoes. He doesn't make it. He cannot get on the ship. He's pounding on the door, but it's already vented to atmosphere. Uh, vented atmosphere. Yeah, he can't get in an X-Way. Yeah. So dejected, he starts heading back up and only to feel a giant rumble as return fire starts uh, caressing the ship, and unfortunately blows the bridge off it. Yeah, he runs back up to the bridge and finds the door to the bridge bowed out, red hot. And rattling. And he's like, oh, fuck. They took a direct hit to the fucking bridge. Mm -hmm. All right, well, shit. Because now the... Corvette that had been turning because, as we had mentioned before, when they were fighting the pirates, they have to put shields down on the bay side in order to get the X-Wings out. Yes. So they have to kind of, like, turn away from people while letting the X-Wings get out so they don't take a shot unprotected. Yeah. But now it is just spinning listlessly. Yeah, because that was the last order it was given, and there is no bridge anymore. Crackness, no longer a character. Yeah. So he's like, all right, fuck. Shit, fuck. Oh, we've got we've got the secondary bridge where I normally go do my dumb Darillion shit. Uh-huh. So he just runs off to backup bridge. Yeah. And at that point, he starts sending out calls. He calls Cubber, who thankfully is nowhere near the bridge, and was like, hey, man, uh, the bridge got blown up. Everyone up there is dead. D- d- shut up. Don't talk to me. Look, 
the uh, the door to the bridge is rattling and broken. You need to get up there and seal it off quickly before it vents to to, uh, to vacuum and kills everybody on the ship. So send up a crew for that. Um, and, and then he's like trying to, he has like 14 different screens up that are all the different things that someone on the bridge might be doing and is trying to do all of them. He stops the spin, contacts Wedge, and is like, we lost the captain. I can kind of fly the ship, but don't expect much from me. Yeah. And, you know, given that they had the element of surprise and were able to shoot at the other ones quickly, the other ship's engines have basically been fucked. Yes. And, uh... Wedge and like some other folks managed to do a run on the Corvette, the other Corvettes. They wait for it to open its bays to try and disgorge TIE fighters and fill the bays with torpedoes. Yeah, they're like, we've been in one of these. We know what your shit deal is. Yeah. So as soon as some TIEs try to come out, they're like, and go fuck yourself. They shoot a bunch of torpedoes into the Corvette. And immediately after that, the Corvette contacts Wedge and is like, hey, uh, look, whoever you are, we surrender. Uh, we, we're just, we're surrendering. Please don't shoot down the escape pods that have been shot and off. Please send us a repair crew because you lit our engines on fire. Yeah, we are dead in the water and we are about to be literally dead in the water. And he's like, yeah, sure, fine, whatever. We'll help you, but not right now. Surrender accepted. Meanwhile, the other ship, the carrier is like, uh, fuck, and is trying to bug out. Yeah, and it has much better shields. So. Yes. While it took a whole bunch of laser fire and whatnot before the bridge of the Nightcaller went down, it is still limping and fine. And they're like, uh, fuck, we've got to take care of this because if this gets out, we are fucked. Yeah. And so they do an entire run of all of the X-Wings. They're like, all right, every X-Wing, fire on here except for two of you who will fire one second after we do. So we can create a big explosion that will hold the shields temporarily disable the shields there. And then you can scoot some missiles through. Yeah. Meanwhile, they contact face back and they're like, Hey face, look on your computer where the weakest part of that ship is. And he's like, what? Just shut up, shut up, shut up and do it. Find the, where the shields are currently weakest. Yeah. So he does that. He tells them it's like behind some antenna or something. It's like a upper side, whatever. Just do that. And they shoot at it, and they don't know if it worked. And Kel is feverishly... Wa- we go back to Kel's point of view oh, here. Kel this entire time has been having the shakes. Yeah. He's like, oh, oh man, I'm so nervous. Yeah, he's dealing <laughs> with... This is a really stressful situation, so he's he's freaking out a little bit. I mean, one would assume that that's a situation that would probably take some sort of evaluation or, or uh, like, help. You know, he needs some professional help. But I assume they'll just tie him up and short his sheets and beat him in the shower or something. Oh, yeah. They'll be like, I had the shakes while we were trying to do that mission. And they'll be like, oh, well, we should probably, I don't know, like, shove some bamboo up your nails or something. we'll figure it out. We took a picture of your tiny dick about it. (laughs) And we'll threaten to release that to everybody unless you fly your X-Wing correctly. And he'll be like, thank you. That totally fixed my problem. (laughs) Now I'm fine. Thanks, guys. Great observation, Kel. Here's a (laughs) t-shirt. But yeah, they fire that off and Face is like, wait a minute, I'm getting... What is there two two of of these guys? Oh, oh no, wait. That missile volley you sent cracked the fucking ship in two and it is slowly separating down the middle. Yeah, they, they, they blew up the carrier and it's drifting into pieces. They have succeeded, but at great loss because the obviously the Nightcaller is, is very fucked up. Well, yeah, the bridge crew of the Nightcrawler, done. And the bridge of the Nightcrawler, done, which is probably a very important part of the ship, so I can't assume that they're even going to keep the thing after this. Well, I would assume that 
after this, they were like, even if the Nightcaller had managed to be completely unscathed somehow, it's not like they could go, and we were the only ones who escaped. Like, yeah. this was going out of commission after this now. Anyway. Yeah, the, the jig was up. Yeah, they were done. <laughs> Which is a shame, because the ship was getting fun. They had strapped so much nonsense to it. They just kept putting more dumb crap in here. I'm kind of hoping that that other Corellian Corvette they just took out, with well, only setting its engines on fire, they're like, we're just going to move everything into that one, and we'll have another one. Yay! Hooray! <laughs> I mean, the thing is, I figure fixing the bridge is probably going to be about as difficult as fixing an entire bay that has been blown up That's and fair. also the engines. Maybe they'll just strap the or scrap the bridge off the other one and strap it to the front of this one. <laughs> just take a little hacksaw, carve it off Bugs part. Bunny style. Yeah. We'll get a team of Jedi with lightsabers to just cut this piece loose. <laughs> Great. What could go wrong? <laughs> but anyway, yeah, they they successfully take out the uh, both the other Empire ships and have saved the the day, sort of. I mean, ish, ish, because ultimately the the day is saved in that these two Empire ships were not able to flee a light speed after not killing anyone. Yeah. So, I assume probably that carrier has everyone basically dead on that because that got blown in two. Yeah, that that's gone, and they've got a bunch of Imperial. Pri- I mean, the thing I keep thinking is, weren't the survive some of the survivors on that cor- Corvette just going to send out a warning signal back? Well, that's just, was someone jamming communications. No, or? we had the whole thing where Wedge and some people went and shot directly into their communication oh, okay. device because they're fair. like, we know where that is on a Corvette, so we're just going to do missiles into that. That's right. So they must have done that to both of them and every Tie Fighter. Yes. Well, every, I mean, the Tie Fighters, I assume, don't, don't have, have anything because they're bullshit and suck. Large so they're like packet senders. They don't have, I mean, they don't have the ability to go to hyperspace, and I yeah. assume that means, fuck it, we don't have long-range comms. Here's the thing, I, I assume that we're just supposed to go like, uh, Warlord Zinjas is stupid, Empire people are stupid. Because if I was in that situation, if I was like, yeah, we're surrendering, please don't shoot us, and then turn the mic off and be you, go get one of the Lambdas and send a message to Zinj about this. <laughs> yeah, but the Corvette is not big enough to have a Lambda in it. Mm, I guess that's fair, maybe it doesn't have a Lambda. Yeah, they... Normally, the Corvette is like, oh, we would struggle to have, like, two TIE fighters in here. Or I'd be like, you, go get one of the parasite droids out of the hangar bay, turn it on, and then turn it off and on in Morse code to send, like, SOS, we were ambushed. Oh, and it was the Nightcaller, what did it? Yeah. Well, I'm going to go ahead and say, those things are not made to do that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Maybe. Or maybe these Empire guys just stupid. Yeah, could be one. Of, it's one or the other. But that's the end of the chapter. We have a post-credit scene where one of the uh, one of the escape pods from the Empire people gets blown up by Kel's ship, and he's like, "There counts as one. <laughs> I did it. I killed a guy." <laughs> and everyone went, "Yes, good job. Good. I hope that cures your dumb shakes." That didn't happen, but none man, that, none of that happened. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that I was like, "Oh, did you read ahead? Did that happen?" No. <laughs> oh, okay, no. <laughs> No, I get it. You're just making a joke that these are terrible people that do terrible things. Yeah, I don't care for them at all. I don't feel like I'm reading about cool heroes. Oh, sad. All right, so thank you so much for listening. That's everything. That's all of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to go make bonus content like we like to do, where we go to Wikipedia and we find crazy stories about Star Wars from all of its vast history and tell them to each other and to you. And if you want that bonus content, why, my friend, I have your solution. It couldn't be easier. BitTorrent. <laughs> Just find someone who's got it and take it from them. You wouldn't download a car, but you'd download a podcast. (laughs) You have to. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> so uh, anyway, go to patreon.com slash systemmastery and support us at the $4 level if you would like to unlock that amazing content, as well as some more amazing content, because it gets you bonus content from System Mastery, and it also gives you the ad-free versions of all the episodes. That's right. A ton of stuff unlocked, $4 a month, bargain deal, and it helps support the show. It lets us keep doing our thing. Exactly. Other levels are available, but I will not burden you with them. Simply go to patreon.com slash systemmastering and explore at your leisure. I shall burden you with glorious Patreon. (laughs) Uh, I almost bought a Loki shirt when I was at Disneyland because it said, uh, in the end, you will always kneel. And I was like, that's kind of a hot and sexy thing to have on a shirt. Ah, but the, that's, that shirt's kind of horny. That shirt's, that's got a horny Loki vibe to that shirt. I want it. But it was ugly. It was like a terrible combination of a gray and purple that didn't match well with like all, also a nasty green that looked wrong on there. Mm. So I was like, I you know, as cool as that hot and sexy message is, the shirt doesn't back it up. It's no, just, it look, doesn't back it up. Yeah. I back it up. I, yeah, someone's got to back it up. Anyway, sorry about that. Uh Please go and support our Patreon. Anyway, I've been <laughs> Elan Slee. <laughs> uh, I've been Elan Slee's Begano. And I like to back it up. <laughs>